All right, won't you take your copy of the revelation you have and turn with me to the Older Testament book of Isaiah chapter number 9. Isaiah chapter number 9, we're more than likely going to look in Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel as well. And we will see what the Lord has for us in uh, these things. Keep in mind, as you've been keeping up with your reading calendars, one of the only times we kind of bounce in and out of our reading where we go from one book to the other. But with it being Christmas, we wanted to reiterate the story and ask God to help us see things that we didn't see the last time we read through. We want to be, we want to be fresh when we're in God's Word because I want to tell you, He's always revealing to us neat things that we probably didn't pick up the first time. It doesn't matter how many times you read, there's always something we can glean from God's Word, even if you've read it all your life and you heard the story over and over. It, it can become routine to you where you where you're not paying attention to some of the neat things that God unveils to us uh, in the Christmas story. And we don't want to be routine, amen? amen. Wow, we want to we live a life very similar how we read in 2nd and 3rd John. Remember in 3rd John where John writes to the church and he says, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in the truth. He said that the report came back that not only did you believe the truth, but you were actually walking in the truth. And then he narrowed down the specific reference to this idea of the truth that they were walking in was not simply a blank statement about them walking in truth because obviously they didn't walk in all truth because they didn't have all truth. But the truth they did have, they were applying it in their life and one of those specific areas were how they encouraged other believers in their journey. He talked about missionaries that came to them and were sent from other places, but they didn't take anything from the Gentiles, meaning they wasn't asking for money from everybody and their brother. They went from one place to the next place, depending on God to meet the need. But how did God meet their needs? He met their needs through God's people from place to place. And he says, you do well, brethren, if you receive them and you send them on their journey in, in a good way. And basically what he was telling them was three things. That when we do that, when we're kingdom-minded, and not just missionaries, because when I say missionaries, y'all know what I'm referring to, because we're all missionaries. We're all on mission. We're not just referring to people who go to foreign places. We are missionaries on mission for the Lord today, right here in this place. This is still mission work for God's kingdom, amen? amen. And we are ambassadors of that. But what we want to be about, whether people come to our homes, they come as guests, they come as family, they come to visit us, we want to, we want to uh, replenish them. We want to renew them, we want to replenish them, and we want to refresh them. We want our lives as missionaries of God to renew the minds of God's people. That is, how do we renew the minds of God's people? No different than what Romans tells us. That when we present our bodies to the Lord as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto Him, that that is our act of worship. Wherever we're here, whether we're in our home, or wherever we may find ourselves in life, that's how we live from day to day. He says that we may be renewed in mind. 
How is that renewing of the mind? How does that transformation take place? That we may be transformed by the renewing of the mind that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We want to help renew people when we are with them and around them. How do we do that? We communicate the grace of God to them. We communicate the truth of God to them. Simply, we, we give Jesus away. The Bible tells us when Jesus came to this earth, he was, he was filled with both grace and truth. And what we do in the work of the kingdom is to renew the minds of God's servants. Well, not just renew them, but we want to refresh them. That is, we want to be those encouraging waters who refresh them uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every aspect of we want to be refreshers who water one another and encourage one another and we want to replenish them with the resources they need to keep doing what God's called them to do. And that doesn't matter if somebody comes from the Philippines here or if somebody comes down the street here. We want to renew them, we want to refresh them, and we want to replenish them for kingdom work. Amen? And he says, brother, you'll do well if you send them on their journey for God's glory. And that's what we are called to do. Now, do we do that every aspect of, in every aspect of our life? A lot of times we fail in it, but that ought to be an aim for us, to renew, refresh, and replenish. That people are not drained and depleted when they walk away from us. They're refreshed and they're ready. Let's go to work for God, amen. Let's go to work for Jesus and what we do, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the church, whether it's on a foreign mission field or right here, right in our community. We want to refresh people. Why? Because our God's a refresher. He's a renewer. And he's always replenishing us with the grace needed for every good work. And he does that through his people. And as Isaiah 9 tells us, notice this growing kingdom that, that Jesus is going to bring to us. Let's look at it for a moment. If I was to ask you to quote these passages, some of you could. Uh, if I started off and said that a child shall be and a son will be. Now, what is that talking about there? Who, it's talking about Jesus, but it has large implications to it. When it says a child shall be born, that is talking about Mary's son who is going to be born. That, that is a child that she is going to birth, that she is going to give birth to. It talks about that that birth of Jesus, that this season that we're all about. Matter of fact, we, we want to keep in mind there was a reason why Jesus came and he came to redeem us. He came to save us. And this passage tells us just that. But his purpose in coming was to uh, reveal truth to us, to save us from our sins and to make a people holy for a holy God and only he can do that. But he was a child born and he was a son given now what does that speak of speaks of his father who was his father god was his father was joseph his father an earthly father he gave guidance and protection over him as an as an earthly father so think about that for a moment remember what it said about jesus's tomb what did what did the bible say about jesus's tomb when when they took him off the cross and they put him in a tomb. What kind of tomb was that? Get back. It was what? Now think about that for a moment. 
God borrowed a tomb. There was a few other things God borrowed. He borrowed Mary's womb. Jesus was born of a virgin. There was no earthly father involved in this. This is what God did when he overshadowed her with the Holy Spirit and she conceived in the womb. We have, a, we have with Jesus, he borrowed her womb. He had a borrowed father, Joseph. He, had, he was born in a borrowed barn. Wasn't his. Remember there was no room for him in the end and he was born in a what? In a stable, in a manger, he borrowed, he borrowed Caesar Augustus' decree. When he decreed, everybody was to be registered, right? And how did that, he, he used that to get Jesus where? To Bethlehem. I mean, God, one, we go back to all things are his, all the earth and the fullness thereof. But if we look at it from that perspective, we see a borrowed womb, a borrowed father, a, a borrowed decree, a borrowed born, a borrowed cross. Jesus didn't deserve to go to that cross. That was my cross. Amen. That was your cross. Amen. God gave him a borrowed cross and put sin on him on the cross. He didn't deserve that cross. Amen. And when they took him off of the cross, what did they put him in? A borrowed tomb. To, to redeem me of my sin. Look what we have here in this passage. Isaiah 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, which would imply the kingdom of God, the rule of God will be placed upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace and of the greatness of his kingdom and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, this is the kingdom, this is the government that he's going to be over, God's governing rule, and over his kingdom to order it, which simply means to set it up, and to establish it, which means to support it. He's going to do it with judgment, and he's going to do it with justice from that time forward, even forever, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Y'all have heard me bring that up quite a bit over the years. I love that phrase, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What, what a blessing that is because I want to tell you, God's fulfilled these promises, not to their full extent yet because his, his government, His reign and His rule is still expanding. It's still increasing and it will reign forever and ever and He brings us into an eternal kingdom when He births us into His kingdom. But what we find in here is that God has been faithful to fulfill this word to us and He is fulfilling it and he will continue to fulfill it. And what that means for us is that we can trust his promises. And that's what pro a prophecy is. It's just a promise God makes to fulfill something. And that's what he's done here for us. And he's done it by continually borrowing things. Matter of fact, 
He, he borrowed Herod for a little while. Remember when Herod heard about those wise men that came and he talked to them and he found out what time they came and then he was going to kill all the children that was two years and, and younger and he did that. Well, why did he do that? What happened in all that? It says that what did God do in that time? He took Joseph and told him to take the child and his mother and bring him on into where? God can use and borrow bad things from bad people and work it out for the good of his people. It's just what he does, Miss Alona. Always has been doing that in this fallen and corrupt world that we, because he's ultimately sovereign over it all. Amen. It's all his. And it's all been made to bring him glory. And even when men don't give him glory, he still gets glory out of the, out of the wickedness and the wrongness of men. He still gets glory from it all. Why? Because everything he does, everything that he touches, everything that he uses is to bring glory to his name. And I want to be a tool and an instrument that does that, that consistently brings glory to his name. And when I don't, I, I have to repent of that. I have to confess that and say, Lord, that was me. That was me doing that. That was me in the flesh. And that even brings glory to him. Amen. Amen. When we repent. But notice, let's just look. Go, go back a few verses in this same chapter, chapter 9. Look, if you would, in verse number 2. Verse 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now let's think about this. Y'all walk with me through what we've been gleaning and what we already know about this Christmas story of Jesus coming. Let's think about the shepherds that night. Remember when the shepherds were in the field? We just sang about it. What, what, what did we hear? That the shepherds were in the field. They weren't looking for anything. They were just doing what they had been set apart to do, what they'd been hired to do. They were working, and all of a sudden, what appeared under them? An angel. An angel appeared to them. And what did that angel tell these shepherds? Matter of fact, go to Luke chapter 2. Let's see. 2.8, I believe it is. What did the angels tell them? Luke chapter number 2, look in verse number 8. Verse 8 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and behold. Now what's that word? What, what is the word behold? That's a faith word. You got you to see this by faith. An angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were what? They were greatly afraid. This was something unusual. This is something that's never happened to them. And when an angel appears to you, when you wasn't seeking or looking or in a position to receive, and an angel appears and the, and the glory of the Lord sh shines around you, it's, I would imagine that was a normal thing to, to, to be afraid of what was... Why did God send it? Because God has sent angels before. And when he sent angels before, there were times that he sent angels to guide his people, and there was times when he sent angels to kill people. There was one time when he sent them during the days of Isaiah... 
when he sent the angel of the Lord and he killed 185,000 people in one night. He said, but the Lord sent an angel and 185,000 people died. And I imagine them shepherds had some kind of indication. There's been times in the past when God sent angels and when he did, it didn't turn out well for people. And then there was times when he sent angels and it was great and it was glorious. But anytime something like that unusual happens to us and we see something uh, marvelous is that the flesh has a tendency to fear. What did the angel say? Verse 10. Then the angel said, fear not, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Oh, I'm bringing you good news. This ain't a bad news trip. This is a good news trip. I'm bringing you good news of joy, which shall be to all peoples. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior. A Savior. Who is the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on peace, on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. You know, something that we want to, while we're talking about angels, y'all know angels don't know everything. Angels are not omniscient. They don't know everything. Matter of fact, Bill, the scriptures teach us that angels are still puzzled about the grace of God. They they are, are puzzled about why God would save a person like me and you. Scriptures say to look into the grace of God and and the manifold wisdom of God. They're puzzled. Why? Because the first time they ever seen somebody rebel toward God, he and the rest of them were cast away with no possibility whatsoever for any kind of redemption. That would be Satan and his angels that, that rebelled with him to seek glory and honor above God. They were reserved under the chains of darkness forever and ever and ever and ever with no possibility of ever being rescued. And women, you look at rebellious men and what we've done, they watch God destroy the earth. They watch men uh, kill one another and rebel against God and hate God and don't want nothing to do with Him. And why in the world would God rescue and send a redemption? Why would God take upon flesh Himself and come and rescue a group of people that didn't want Him? Amen. They don't, they don't know how to f- process that. They're angels. They can't reason from that perspective. And they are studying. They're watching. They're listening, learning about the wisdom of God. And they learn it through the church. Mm-hmm. You're teaching angels. We're teaching angels about God's grace. Isn't that something? Amen. Another thing is this. Angels only do what God tells them to do. The scripture says they respond to the to the reflection or the tenor of God's voice. When God speaks, they immediately respond. They do their, what He's called them to do or sent them to do, and that's what they do. And that, that is their whole purpose, is to honor Him in an unbiased, unrestrained obedience. They just do what He tells them to do. And they can tell just by the tone of His voice what to do when he says to do it and how severe it is and how not severe it is. And, and they do that. The Psalms teach us that. And that's another reason why Jesus tells us when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, when he says, pray this, thy will, 
in heaven, thy will be done as it is where? In heaven. That's how the angels respond. That's how he wants us to live in intimacy with the Lord, that we too respond to the obedience of the Lord by determining the reflection or the tenor, the mood of his voice. That just takes a life of abiding in him, amen? But you know, the angels, being that they're not omniscient, they don't know everything, I think that night as well, when they heard that angel announce this news of the Savior who was born, the Scripture says, then a great host of angels joined in and began to praise God and give God glory. I think when that happened that night, I think God introduced his own angels to his son. But I don't think all the angels knew what was going on. I think the angel that came to Joseph and the angel that came to Mary knew what was happening, what, but not the full extent of what was happening. He only did what he was told to do and he reported that news. But I don't think the rest of the angels knew what happened that night. And when they got the news, they got another word. The word they received from the Lord that night was it was okay. You go ahead and worship him for he is God. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. Turn to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews. Look in Hebrews chapter number one. I think this is the reference to this night personally. Because the scriptures give us the indication, here's the angel, here's these shepherds, and they get word, and as they observe in what's taking place, they hear the angel report to the shepherds that there was born unto you a Savior, and this would be the indication that you'll see. And the scripture says the host of the angels begin to glorify God. And in Hebrews chapter number 1 Look in verse number 6, which is all speaking of the fact that everything in heaven and on earth is worshiping this child, this redeemer, this, this son of God. He says in verse 6, But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God do what? Worship him. Worship him. The firstborn. The idea of again is the idea of a future event. When this was spoken, this was an Old Testament, Old Testament prophetic word about a future day. And when it happened, what God was going to say to the angels, it's okay, you go ahead, you worship him. That, that's the savior of the world. He's going to bring good news and peace to the earth. And they couldn't help but come into a glorious praise of this child that had just been born, taken upon flesh, and it was God in the flesh. I think that's the reference there. That the angels heard what the shepherds heard. And God gave them permission to worship that child. For he is God in the flesh. And they began to work peace on earth and good tidings to men. Amen. They went into a, a, a celebration of praise. Why? No different than the shepherds. They heard something. You see, and that's what God does with us. They heard something. They heard something. What did the shepherds hear? That there was a, the Messiah had been born. There was a Savior that had been born. 
they heard something. The angels heard something. And what did the shepherds do? After they left, they sat around and said, let's go see this thing. Let's go. And that was the intent because the angel told them, you're going to find him in a manger and he's going to be swaddled and, and clothed. It was the, they brought a message for them to go seek him, to go look for him. And they heard something. And when they heard something, they heard the good news of a Savior been born. And I want to tell you, that same thing happens to us, is that we heard the good news of a Savior, amen? And when we hear the good news of a Savior, what do we do? We go. We go and seek Him. And that's what they did. And they found Him as it had been told. He was swaddled and, and clothed. And they reported all that the angels had told them. And the Scripture says that Mary pondered in her heart and she kept these things to herself. They heard something. Well, let's think about another dynamic of the story. At the same time that was going on, what else was going on in the, in the world, in that region of the world? The Scripture says there was a, a few wise men in the east that saw a star in the west, and they set out on a journey that at that time to go find from whom they described to Herod, who was born to be king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And they took out care. Now, a lot like you see this nativity is an accurate nativity. The wise men wasn't at the birth of Jesus. They came later. And we learn that from how Herod, when, when the wise men told him at the time they saw the star, the star appeared when Jesus was born. At the same time the angels was telling the shepherds about the birth of Jesus, his star was seen in the west and these wise men had a prophetic word of this child that would be born and they set out on a journey. That journey took them, the scripture says, nearly two years to get to where they were at. And once they got there, they lost the star. The star wasn't there no more. Y'all, if y'all remember the story, and this is in, in Matthew The scriptures talk about it, Matthew chapter 2. The Bible says that when they left after talking with Herod, because they didn't know where the star was at, it disappeared. But when they left Herod's presence, they get back out on the journey because it had been told about Bethlehem. The scripture says the star appeared again. But it didn't appear in the barn. It appeared over a house where Jesus was living with Mary and Joseph at that time, a little toddler at this point, a little fella. Well, they go, and what do they do? Scripture says they came bearing gifts. How many wise men was it? We don't know. The Scriptures just tell us they brought gifts of what? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That doesn't mean that there was just three. It doesn't mean that there was... Five, it doesn't mean that there was two. We don't know how many they were. Their gifts consisted of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And they come and they bow down and they worship. And then they are warned not to go back and tell Herod what he was wanting information about. And they went home another way. Herod gets the word and he starts seeking out to kill all the kids. God tells Joseph, take them, go into Egypt. So we've been... we 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 learning these things. See, the shepherds heard something, but the wise men, they saw something. They saw light. They saw light. 
And you see, in the kingdom, and I think this helps us because in the kingdom, hearing something is seeing something. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing comes by a report, a word from God, news from God. And what faith is is seeing what God sees. You see, faith sees light. And when God gives news, it brings light to us. Truth is, God's truth is light. Amen. And it guides us. And that's what happened. That's what happened with you. That's what happened with me is that we heard news and the news gave us light. And we searched the light that God gave us. No different than these wise men. And his news in his light, God's news and God's light is always going to bring you to Jesus. If it ain't bringing you to Jesus, it ain't from God. It's not bringing you to Jesus. It's not from God. Amen. Amen. See, in the kingdom of God, hearing is seeing. We see by hearing. We see by faith by hearing by faith. We don't physically see these things. They didn't, uh, we don't see these things that, that God unveils to us. We believe them because we heard them. When we hear them and believe them, we see them the way God sees them. And it's no different than actually seeing it. Amen. Amen. That's what faith is all about. So the shepherds heard something. The wise men saw something. But then there's another, another couple people. Y'all remember that guy by the name of Simeon? And that prophetess Anna, y'all remember them? You see, when you hear something and you see something, you're gonna, we'll be just like Simeon and Anna. You're going to recognize something. And when Jesus came in the doors of that temple that day, that man of God, recognized supernaturally that he was in the presence of a king. That he had lived his entire life, he said, in hope of this consolation that was coming. God had promised him he was going to see his salvation. And he said, I know it's now time for me to die because God has let me see his Savior, his salvation. Look, when you hear the news, and you see the light, you can't help but recognize Jesus when he's in your presence, amen. amen. You see, one, they, they, heard, they heard something, they saw something, and they recognized something. Oh, we could say it like they recognized someone. They, re- they heard someone, they saw someone, and they recognized someone. And that's what life in the kingdom is all about. That's the the message of hearing someone, hearing from God, seeing the light of the Lord that leads us through this life and this darkness so that we recognize the hand of God and God's hand at work in this world. You know what Simeon didn't, you know what he didn't pay any attention to? He didn't pay any attention to those two dirtle doves and what the law required, all he saw was God's grace. He saw the the grace of God. You see, the law had Mary condemned. Up until that point, Mary couldn't even go into the temple, could she? She was unclean. 
by the law because she had to stay away from holy things. She couldn't touch nothing holy, couldn't go into the temple for over 40 days, Miss Alona, because the law had bound her as unclean. But the beautiful thing is Mary was holding the holies of holies the whole time. Amen. You see, the law will condemn you and declare you unclean, but grace will set you free Amen. so that you can walk in the presence of God. And they didn't get caught up in what offering they brought by the law. Oh, both Anna and Simeon were caught up in what God offered in grace, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they both had a word to give away. Amen. And they blessed everybody and told the good news. And you know, with each one of them, we see, we see that. You see, when, when you see something or someone, when you hear something or someone, and you recognize something or someone, we recognize these things. You know, each one of them went and told and went and told what they had seen and what they heard. Yeah. When something happens to you and it's unusual as it did with them and wasn't common among everybody, you can't help but go tell what you heard, what you saw, and who you recognized. I told y'all the other night, well, I've been telling several people. I don't know if I mentioned the other night or not. Uh, but the day that it snowed, I was standing outside of the house over here. And I took a picture of the house. And Stephanie had it all nice with the, the lights on, with the Christmas trees and all that. And it was pretty. The trees still had snow on it behind it. And it was right at dark, though, and it was kind of getting hard to see, but the light, it, it had a nice, nice view, and I wanted to try to capture it. When I was standing out in front of the house, and I was snapping that picture, I, I began to hear something. And I, I started listening to what it was. Stephanie was getting cleaned up because it was the night of the ladies' fellowship, and they were going to be coming here, Charlotte. This was at 450 and she had been going all day preparing for it, and she was in the back getting cleaned up. And a lot of times when she's in the back getting cleaned up, she'll have her, her phone on Pandora listening to music back there. Well, I thought I was hearing her music in the back, and I'm, I'm listening, and all of a sudden I recognize what was happening. It was colors that happens at dusk on the Navy base. I could hear colors when they lowering the flag at sunset on the Navy base from out here in the front yard. And I listened to it and it went, I mean, I recognized, I knew what it was. I've had to, li I listened to it for quite a few years on a regular basis. And then when I, I, I let it play out and I couldn't wait, I run right on into the back. I said, Stan, you ain't going to believe me. Now, I've been out here in the evening time sitting on a deer stand in the quiet woods with nothing and have never heard colors and they do it every day without fail. Never heard it. But on that particular day, I could hear it as clear as a bell. And they base pretty good ways. It's not as far as you think it is as a crow, as a crow flies, but it's still a pretty good ways. And what, what made the difference was that day is one, I believe the cloud cover that was over us, the snow that was on the ground, that allowed that, that noise to travel, and there was very few people on the road. Because I hear people on 45 all the time when I'm out here. I can, hear, I can hear trucks on 45 from here pretty consistently. But with nobody traveling, no outside other noise, I, could hear, I got to thinking, I wonder if somebody else is down the road playing colors. Ain't no way I'm hearing it from the Navy base right now. 
But I concluded it was, well, I come share it with Stephanie because I heard something unusual. I shared it with the ladies when they got there that night. I couldn't wait. I said, y'all imagine, can I tell y'all what I heard today? My brother called while y'all were fellowshipping that night. I told him that I heard it. And I've told several different people why. It was something extremely unusual. In eight years out here, it's never, I've never heard it. But I heard it that one time. And I, and I like telling people I heard it. Well, when those, when those shepherds heard the good news, mm-hmm. they, went and, they went and told other people about Amen. it. When those wise men heard and saw the light, they had to go tell people about it. When Simeon and Anna heard and recognized who was in their presence, they had to go tell others about it. And I want to tell you, we too get to go tell it in the valleys or we go tell it on the mountains, wherever we go. Why? We heard something, God's good news. We saw something, God's light. And we recognize something, God's redeemer is among us. He's for us. He's with us. He's in us. He wants to fill us. He wants to lead us through this life. Amen? Something unusual. Not everybody in the world has it, but we do. So we go tell it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today for this time we've had. We thank you for your mercies and your grace, and we're grateful today that that as we watch you unfold this story for us again and again, we want to ask you to help us see things afresh. We want to be those missionaries as, as John recognized uh, to the church that, that renewed people and refreshed people and replenished them in the work. And we do that as we hear your news, your word, as we see your light, your truth that guide us to you, and as we recognize your hand of favor and your presence in our life every day. I pray that you will use us to continue to go and do what you called us to do, and that we'll trust you ultimately, that you are worthy of all our praise, all our adoration, and we're grateful today that we can hear you, see you, and recognize you in this world we live in. I love you and I thank you and I praise you. Thank you for using even borrowed things to bring light and a blessing to somebody like me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? Amen. Amen. A timing. Would God, timing is everything. Oh, Simeon was there at the right time for when that that little boy was going to come in for his... Uh, circumcision, that time for him to come in. Anna came in at the right time. You see, what God does when we are positioned walking in his faithfulness in the right place, things just, the timing just seems to fall right in its its place all the time with the Lord. Amen? Amen. He just brings it. It was in the fullness of time Jesus came. And uh, the elements were just right. No different than me here in that the colors that day. The elements was right for it. Yeah. 